How we doing, traders? Welcome to the SPACs attack where we talk everything SPACs. So definitely just give it a thumbs up. We're going to get into a great interview today, Inspirato. We also got, of course, our headlines. We're going to get into our watch list. We're going to talk everything SPACs. This is the one and only SPACs attack. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. How we doing, traders? It's good to be back with you. I always love to get into the interviews today. We're going to get into a fun one. We'll be talking a little bit in the travel. You could kind of look at this as a reopening place. So stay tuned, guys. It's going to be a great one. Let's go ahead and bring on my brains to this show chris catchy what's going on what's going on mitch yeah happy to be back on the show we we've got a good one today right we've got a lot of headlines we've got a deal to talk about and of course as you said we've got an interview today we're going to be talking to inspirado you know which could be as you said a reopening play this is a travel company uh you know which i know everyone is looking for those travel companies out there that could benefit you know from that pent up travel demand so definitely excited about that yeah we'll be paying attention to see what happens in the industry i mean a lot of people are talking is the reopening on is it past it we'll probably ask the same question we'll be talking to it and we'll be getting into that about about 10 minutes so let's do like we always do let's get into the headlines let's talk about the industry and i'm sure there's a lot to go out there i i saw a couple earnings a couple of good catalysts we'll definitely pay attention to it so smash the like and let's go ahead and like we always do let's take it back to those headlines All right. Yeah. So up first on headlines today, let's talk some analyst notes. So up first, we have DraftKings, DKNG. So Wells Fargo initiating coverage with an overweight rating. Um, No price target on this one, but again, an overweight rating heading into the NFL season. Also in the sports betting industry, we have RSI. So Wells Fargo initiating coverage on Rush Street Interactive with an equal weight rating and a price target of $15. Um, You know, interesting to see just the equal weight rating there because Rush Street shares are actually down on the year. Um, So thinking maybe that, you know, not as much upside as some of the other names. Lucid Motors, LCID. um, We talked about this one yesterday, right? Getting a, you know, a, a not so great analyst note with a $15 price target. But Bank of America out today with a buy rating and a price target of $30. So big difference between yesterday's analyst note and today's. Um, so keep an eye out, LCID, to see how shares react now to the positive note. Um, we did see some sell-off yesterday on you know the, the $15 price target. And then we have MOTN. Um, you know, this is motion acquisition. It has not completed its merger yet getting an outperform rating and a price target of $16 from Northland Capital. This is the SPAC acquiring uh, Ambulance, which is a kind of on-the-go, you know, uh, ride uh, ambulance company, you know, providing those services to areas. So it's an interesting growing segment. And again, getting that rating, um, you know, prior to uh, completing the merger. Then we have SoFi, S-O-F-I, 
Uh, Mizuo it initiating coverage with a buy rating and a $28 price target. $28, a, a big mark there. Shares are at $15 uh, today, up about 5% on that news. Um, I am long SoFi. Uh, it, that bank charter could potentially be coming later this year, so keep an eye out on SoFi. Then turning to news, we've got Nikola making headlines, right? So Nikola plans to make 100 trucks in Germany in the next year. This is part of their partnership with uh, Iveco, which is a segment of CNH Industrial, that ticker CNHI. Um, so they said that the first Nikola tray models will pr be produced and delivered to customers in the U.S. in 2022. So Nikola shares were trading higher on this 100 truck uh, announcement. We got earnings yesterday from a couple of uh, former SPACs. So we have, uh, or actually one current, we have AGC, which is taking Grab public. They reported second quarter earnings. Gross merchandise value reached an all-time high of $3.9 billion, up 62% year over year. Adjusted net sales, $550 million, up 92%. That is a quarterly record for the company. Deliveries up 68%. Um, they also said, you know, that they are the most used brand in Indonesia for online food delivery and ride hailing, and also the most often used e-wallet for payments. So again, hitting several fast-growing segments in a fast-growing economy of Indonesia. So keep an eye out on Grab. They're also expanding to some other countries. They mentioned that on the earnings report. Um, so AGC is the ticker there. Then we have fast-moving IronNet, right? I-R-N-T. This is on our movers today. This is one that shot higher on that despacking with a lower float, high redemption, formerly DFNS. So now IRNT, annual recurring revenue of $24.1 million compared to $19.5 million. They said that their average contract length, uh, 2.8 years. Their customer count, 51 compared to 22 last year. Revenue of $6.1 million. Compared to 7.9 million subscription revenue, though up higher. Um, they also announced some partnerships with Microsoft. They said they expanded their customer base in the collective defense segment for space. Um, you know how much we talk about space here. And then they also entered into a strategic partnership with Mandiant, which is owned by FireEye. Um, so again, cybersecurity, cyber defense sector there. And then we have uh, their guidance. So they are seeing revenue of 43 to 45 million for the full year and annual recurring revenue hitting $75 million at the end of this fiscal year. Another stock that was trading higher today, Microvast, MVST. So the reason here is that Workhorse withdrew their challenge to Oshkosh over the USPS contract win. So if you remember, Microvast has a partnership and investment from Oshkosh that new USPS deal is for 50,000 to 165,000 vehicles. So many believe Microvast could get a part of that deal. So definitely something to watch going forward. And we have STEM. So STEM, uh, you know, a energy company, they announced a joint venture um, for a energy storage system now operating using STEM's software. Um, definitely keep an eye out on this one. Uh, STEM has been a, a strong performer. 
Um, so I, I'm definitely uh, following this story. Then we have NSTB, uh, which is merging with Apex. They acquired Silver Management Group. Um, no terms, not seeing a ton of details on this, but definitely keep an eye out on Apex. It's a thing behind the thing for online brokers and crypto platforms. We did get one deal terminated yesterday, ZGYH with Giga Energy. Um, we're seeing about one deal on average called off a week. And then turning to deals, we did get one big deal announced this morning. We have uh, ticker EJFA Pagaya Technologies. Um, they are a leading artificial intelligence technology network for financial services. Over 17 million applications processed in the last 12 months. So they hit markets like consumer, auto, credit card, point of sale, and real estate. They also are expanding into mortgages, insurance products, and other areas. So $4.7 billion annualized network volume in the second quarter. Uh, that's up 198%. Annualized revenue of $381 million at the end of the second quarter. Um, so for the full fiscal year, they see $407 million in revenue, up 333%. And next year, $679 million in revenue, up 67%. This values the company at $8.5 billion. The one thing I will note is that current shareholders of EJFA will own only 3.2% of the company. And then turning to our calendar, we did get some approvals yesterday. So SRNG approved uh, with Ginkgo. We'll start trading as DNA um, on the 17th, 50% of shares redeemed. ACIC is approved, uh, new name Archer. We'll trade as ticker ACHR on the 17th, 48.5% of shares redeemed. And then PACE, P-A-C-E approved with Nerdy. We'll trade as NRDY next week, 39% of shares redeemed. We have votes today for ROT with Sarcos Robotics and DEH with Vicarious Surgical. And then tomorrow, CTAC with Core. Mitch, that's what I've got for headlines and the one deal. The one thing I will say is uh, we are starting to see redemption numbers come down, which could be a, a good sign for uh, SPAC deals going forward. Maybe not so much for anyone trying to do that de-SPAC trade, but, you know, Soaring Eagle, 50% redeemed, Archer, 485 and Nerdy, 39 um, So all, you know, 50% or below versus last couple weeks where we were seeing in the 80 to 90% range. So I, I think we're seeing a good trend here. Nicola, Nicola, Nicola is going to make some cars. <laughs> guys, I don't know about you guys, but if you are a Nicola fan, you should definitely feel excited today. I think that was oh, shared me down now. They couldn't even uh, keep they, it going. They couldn't keep it going. I mean, we, we, we won't get too much into that or maybe the reason why it's down. But I think it was good news, at least. I mean, th this company definitely needs some kind of positive sentiment. I think this one also, and you could talk about Lordstown. And and, and wouldn't you know it? <laughs> Lordstown up is, is up 11%. Yeah. I, I didn't see any news with that one, Mitch, other than, um, you know, the the news of uh, Workhorse withdrawing, um, you know, their complaint with the USPS. So I don't know if, you know, in this case, the good news is that that's behind them 
And, you know, maybe Lordstown can focus on their own stuff now, but I'm not seeing uh, why the 11% jump today. Hey, well, it's definitely moving. I just want to point it out before we get to our interview that we have up next. We're going to get into that. But, I mean, sometimes when Nicola has good news, for some reason I've seen Ride make moves up too. I think they're kind of starting to trade hand in hand. But as we can see, 11.5 on the 15, you'll see it. Look at that. There's definitely some traders jumping into the ride trade today. We'll see if Nikola can turn things around. Of course, it didn't do the same reaction. It's actually trading down on the news. Traded up in pre-market. Went on the way up towards uh, 1078. Now we're trading towards 974. We'll see if it can get back above 10. We know how that $10 price point is so important. All right, Chris, let's go ahead. Let's get into our interview. This is where we do best. Unlock some specs. So up next, Chris is going to be getting into Inspirato with Brett Handler from TVAC. Let's take a look really quickly before we kind of get into it. Let's take a look at the chart here. I want to see where we're trading at. Right now we're trading at 10.07. We can take a look, quick look, 10.07. We know how we talk about that $10 price point. As long as we can keep closing above 10, this is looking good. And you can actually see a lot of days closing above 10 here. So there was only one day here on the 9th and 10th that we traded below that $10 level. So we'll see if we can get a, a, a movement here above that 10.10. But we've had some sideways action in this stock. And now it's time to unlock some SPACs. Let's go ahead and do this like what we do best, Chris. All right, guys. Yeah, as Mitch said, super excited. We've got another exclusive interview here on SPACs Attack. So joining us on the show today, we have Brent Handler. He is the CEO of Inspirato, that company going public with Thayer Ventures acquisition, the ticker TVAC. After completion, Inspirato will trade as ISPO. Brent, welcome to SPACs Attack. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on the show today. You know, we've heard a lot about this company. I know I wrote an article when this deal was announced and, you know, the travel sector, there's so much to talk about right now. So let's dive into questions here. The The first one we always like to start with here on SPACs Attack, since we do cover SPACs and DSPACs, is why the decision to take Inspirato public via SPAC and was a traditional IPO also considered by your company? Uh, yeah, great question. We um, really were kind of looking at all options. Obviously, travel was the first major hit um, during the pandemic, and Inspirato was very, very quick to move. We um, did a, a very large layoff, um, like on the 19th of March, and really tried to kind of get our own house in order, uh, cut costs, did uh, a lot of um, uh, you know, uh, pay reductions and things to make sure that we could weather the storm. Once we got out of that, let's call it, uh, you know, the summer of 20, we started to realize that the, uh, the rebound and the revenge travel was a real thing. So we started to look at all of our options for growth and we started, and it became clear that the recovery story was going to be a big one. And so, uh, when we went out into the market, we just kind of, um, fell in love with Thayer, uh, uh, Thayer Ventures, which is who's behind the SPAC that we merged with. And they're a travel-focused venture fund. 
and had a lot of uh, relationships with technology companies as well as hospitality companies in the travel space. So we thought that um, that was a really good fit for us and um, we're really happy to be uh, merging with them and, and moving forward with being a public company. Awesome. So before we dive into some of the, the individual questions here, for anyone out there who doesn't know Inspirado, what's the brief uh, summary description of what Inspirado does and offers to uh, its customers? Sure. I, first thing I'd say is Inspirado is really focused today on the luxury traveler, um, very focused on this high net worth traveler. Um, our average nightly rate for residences, to give you some uh, uh, perception here is about $1,500 a night. And we're a subscription travel company. We're really the leader in subscription travel. We have two products. One is called Club. One is called Pass. And um, Club, there is a, um, a fee. It's $600 a month. And for that, you get access to our platform and access to um, everything that Inspirato has to offer. What you're showing here on the screen kind of the, the main staple is we have about 385 homes that we manage and control the same way that a Four Seasons manages and controls a hotel. We control that inventory through long-term lease. So there's no vacation roulette for these high net worth travelers. There's no risk that they're gonna have a bad experience. We also have access to hotels and experiences and lots of other kind of private club benefits, including service, where all of our members and all of our subscribers are given a great uh, team that helps them and helps them plan all of their travel. For that $600 a month though, you pay nightly rate, so you pay as you go. We have another product called Inspirato Pass, and this is really a um, fast growing, um, uh, really dynamic business platform that we built, and it is um, endless travel for $2,500 a month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. So with Pass, you pay $2,500 a month, and it's look, book, stay, repeat. So you're able to book anything you want. There's 150,000 trips to choose from. The day you check out, you can book your next trip. So if I was a Pass holder and I wanted to go to Nantucket this weekend uh, for three days and it was available, I could do that. The day I check out, I could book my next trip. Maybe I want to go to Kiowa, South Carolina in two or three weeks. I do that. I check out. I book my next trip. And there's a lot of value and a lot of opportunity um, uh, with PASS. It's still really for a high net worth traveler, but PASS works extremely well for us. It works well for the traveler and it really works well for the supplier because if you think about luxury hotels or owners of this inventory, we're able to uh, acquire that inventory at great discounts because we're not showing anybody the price. We've created true opacity in the pricing model, which allows luxury brands like a Montage or a Pebble Beach company to be able to work with us, be able to offer us great value, which otherwise these luxury brands, as you know, don't really discount. You know, I just got to say and shout out Mitch here in the background. Uh, I don't know if you caught on screen there. We always try to show the slides and the videos and it literally put up lookbook stay uh, right when you were saying it and those words were coming out of your mouth. So we couldn't have timed that better. Um, you know, so awesome uh, job with the video there. So Brent, um, you mentioned, you know, 385 exclusively managed branded luxury vacation homes. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about locations, right? Where are, you know, the majority of your locations? What countries does Inspirado operate in? And give us the background, you know, on where people can find you. Sure. 
what I would say is today, our customer base, the people who buy our subscriptions are North American travelers, uh, primarily in the United States. Uh, we also have a strong presence in Mexico and a presence in Canada. So it's really where those families want to travel, which is primarily the United States, the Caribbean, Mexico, and Europe. So we have residential inventory in dozens and dozens and dozens of markets ranging from Kona, Hawaii to Tuscany um, to, um, you know, the Caribbean. And um, basically that is where people want to travel and stay in a home uh, that are, you know, people who reside in um, North America. The part of the business that actually is um, the most difficult to manage is adding residential supply. And yesterday we launched Inspirato Real Estate. If you go to our website, inspirato.com, you'll see in the upper left, we have our own brand and our own uh, business now called Inspirato Real Estate, which is where we provide homes that we want people to buy for us. We're looking for investors to buy these houses and then we lease them back from them and pay them a healthy return, better than they would be able to do on their own, plus let them use their own home. And that's really the growth engine for how we're able to add more supply. People often ask in a marketplace business like this, is it harder to get subscribers or is it harder to get inventory? And it's much, much harder to get inventory. Uh, we have a great product. People love our product. We've had, um, you know, very, very high retention over a 10 year period, uh, north of 85% retention, which is an incredible subscription uh, retention rate over that period of time. Um, but finding homes today can be a challenge, right? Because everybody wants a vacation home. They come on the market. It's very competitive. So we're doing a lot. That group went from four people to over 30 people in the last 100 days as we've been growing this and expanding and uh, working to really um, increase our portfolio. So I, I want to dive into the subscription model first, you know, so the company was launched. Was that subscription model, you know, the the thesis of creating the company that, you know, no one was really offering this to customers before? Yeah, so, Cl so um, Club was launched first. Inspirato sold its first uh, subscription January 1st, 2011, and we launched Pass in... Uh, the summer of 2019. To give you an idea of how strong a business passes, it went from zero to 75 million of annual recurring revenue from the middle of July through uh, up to the pandemic, basically to March 1st, um, 2020. So <clears throat> PASS was uh, brought on later. And what we really were trying to do there is come up with a real subscription, often dubbed the Netflix of travel, where you could unlock such tremendous value if you took away nightly rates. Because once we took away nightly rates, our suppliers and our partners were willing to sell to us at a fraction of the price that they would sell to somebody who's going to turn around and show a discount. Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned the the pay as you go model. And, you know, that was the one that intrigued me. Right. So uh, you kind of started there, you know, why it was important. But, you know, how did this idea come to be? How long did it take to to launch this model of pass? And, you know, is that going to be the the big growth engine for the company going forward? 
uh, yes, pass is definitely the growth engine of the company going forward. Um, the value proposition on pass is incredible. We've done a lot of research and know that our target um, subscriber and target family can spend $30,000 a year in travel. Also, pass is highly shareable. So you can share it with other people. You can share it with uh, employees. So pass, it took about a year for us to uh, come up with the concept and get it launched. But we had been working on the idea, different models that uh, did not have the level of consumer success, uh, I would say over the previous maybe um, you know, three or four years. And club is still a great option. And club is the, um, uh, we don't break out our subscribers, but club is still uh, the majority of our subscribers. But pass is just such a incredible value for a subscriber when if you're willing to travel and you're flexible, you're able to get significantly more value than the $2,500 per month that you're spending. Awesome. So, uh, you know, we mentioned before we brought you on, you know, that travel recovery, that pent up demand, we're always looking for stocks, you know, associated with the potential, um, you know, post COVID travel play. So the thing I saw was Inspirato actually mentioned recently that an uptick was seen 50,180 nights booked in the first quarter. And that compares to 32,351 in last year's first quarter and 45,532 in the fourth quarter of 2020. Can you talk a little bit about the trends you're seeing in terms of, you know, that pent up demand, uh, you know, travel recovery? I mean, are, are we getting to the point where travel is really, really coming back here? Yes, especially leisure travel and especially residential travel. So I think the really, the, the straightforward answer I can give you is, um, from for about the last year or so, um, if one of our residences was open, remember in Q1, California was shut down. There were a lot of travel restrictions in Mexico, things like that. We're still not open in Grand Cayman, for example. But um, if we have inventory and it's open, our subscribers are going there and we're seeing occupancy uh, that we've never seen before um, I think the, without getting, I, I don't want to give a wrong number, so I'll just give a basic number, but I think in May, um, our occupancy platform wide, which includes places like the mountains, you know, which is really the mud season, but our occupancy was nearly 90%. And in 2019, it would have been in the sixties to give you like some perception of in the summer, we're running it, you know, in the nineties in terms of. Uh, total occupancy. So I think your question is, is there a travel recovery? And I would say we're at full capacity. We can, as soon as we add, we're doing a property release um, actually tomorrow, I think seven new residences get released to our subscribers. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a large, large, large percentage of the inventory over the next 12 months gets booked uh, within 60 minutes. Wow. I mean, thanks for that background, right? We always hear about, you know, travel recovery happening, but to actually get, you know, the the big numbers, the percent there, you know, compared to 2019, that always helps put things in perspective. 
Um, you know, so now becoming a, a publicly traded company, right? There's going to be more eyes on Inspirato. And one of the questions everyone will want to know is, you know, what's next? What are the growth plans for the company? So in the presentation, there was a mention of, you know, acquiring new subscribers, expanding the property portfolio, which you already hinted at, and then also investing in possible product extensions. Can you just break down some of the growth opportunities for us? Sure. I mean, I think if we take even a step back, we, we view the demand side um, of our uh, TAM and uh, serviceable addressable market, we, we view that as 135 billion and 100 billion. So if you think about just the market demand in our serviceable addressable market, we're thinking about a hundred billion dollar, um, you know, opportunity. And um, when we, when we, and that's, and that's really just in the U.S. So we're a tiny fraction of the overall opportunity for luxury um, uh, travelers, luxury families um, to enjoy our type of um, subscription travel. In terms of growth, we're going to make PASS much, much better. Uh, PASS got off to a great start. Look, I mean, Chris, it was built as a, uh, as a travel platform, right? Lookbook, stay, repeat. It was not built for a pandemic at all. But now we're starting to make the investments and the technology improvements that are just going to make it better and better and better. We launched something called Beyond Travel, which allows people to use their PASS for things like uh, tickets and uh, things like travel-related merchandise and um, uh, certain types of experiences and private chefs. And so when you think about pass, I'd, I'd, I'd want you to really think more like travel and entertainment. If I'm going to spend $2,500 a month, what am I going to be able to get? And if I can't travel, what am I going to be able to get at home um, where I live? So big, big investments into the technology big investments into, I've already mentioned how many people we've hired on the inventory side, launching Inspirato Real Estate, how we're able to um, you know, add more inventory. And then the last part of, if you think product development, just broadly speaking, we have a big eye towards sharing. We have a big eye towards people being able to buy pass for their business and use it as an incentive travel platform. So you would be able to gift out trips over time, we have uh, one customer almost by accident in that space, um, salesforce.com came to us and said, you know, Inspirato is really interesting. We have a lot of our employees, a lot of our executives. Is there any way our people, like what if we wanted to do a reward for our best salespeople? And um, that piece of business, which really was just sort of put together without a lot of technology and without a lot of uh, um, investment, you know, it's proving to be millions of dollars with really um, lots and lots and lots of demand. So I'd say sharing, inventory, and technology are kind of the three areas where we plan to make the biggest investments. Well, if our CEO, Jason Rasnick, is watching this interview right now, I hope he heard that. I mean, maybe Benzinga needs to, you know, link up and get, you know, a partnership on one of these properties because I'm loving all these different places that I could travel to. So what better way to reward your employees, you know, than offering something like that? So love that from you guys. Um, I, I want to turn to financials for a minute. You know, obviously, we did have the pandemic. So, you know, the 2020 numbers were down. But going forward, we've got revenue projected of 221 million in fiscal 2021, 
366 million in 2022. Can you just give us, you know, a little bit of the background into what goes into those projections? How much of that, you know, is from existing customers and how much of that is kind of looking forward, um, you know, with the additions? Right. Well, let's start in, um, let's start in 20. Uh, what I would tell you is uh, I think we're an anomaly in that on a um, adjusted EBITDA basis, Inspirato was profitable in 2020. Um, and for a travel company, you know, that's pretty rare air. So, so let's try to figure out why. Why would Inspirato be profitable? Well, our um, expenses are highly variable because we have force majeure in our leases. And because we don't own the property, it's an asset light model, we're able to turn up and down our expenses. We also have highly variable expenses in overhead sales and marketing and other areas of the business. Um, so our expenses, we were able to reduce dramatically during the pandemic, um, north of $100 million. But at the same time, our high margin subscription revenue continued to flow on because our subscribers love Inspirato and they didn't want to quit. Some quit, obviously, because they couldn't use it, but such a high number of them stayed with it. And subscription revenue, whether it's pass or club, is highly profitable. So our business model, because it is a subscription, is far um, less um, volatile than other travel businesses, whether that be a hotel or whether that be an online travel agency or the like. So in 2020, we were profitable. In 21, we've given out these projections that you just mentioned. And again, because so much of this is subscription-based, um, it's not like one-time revenue and we have to go grab revenue in order to be able to um, hit our numbers. So we have very strong visibility. Um, obviously, for next year, our plan consists of a lot of growth. And the way to get that growth is going to be to continue to invest in PASS, make it better, have more subscribers, um, continue to add more inventory and better inventory. And then of course, retention becomes a part of the equation in any subscription business. And I would say, you know, look, is the Delta variant helping? No, it's not, that's not helpful, but you know, we're, we're working our way through it. And um, you know, we feel very, very good about uh, the business that we've built, the customers that we sell to and the loyalty over the last 10 years that we've earned by providing these families with exceptional vacations and amazing experiences, which during the pandemic, it really became obvious that travel was an essential service for the affluent family. They weren't willing to give that up. They'd give some other stuff up, but not travel. So um, we, don't, we don't feel any demand um, uh, weakness, lots of demand weakness. It's really about, um, it's really about supply. Awesome. Well, you mentioned the the real estate news earlier, but I want to circle back to that. So we did have the the news out yesterday that Inspirato is in launching Inspirato Real Estate to accelerate growth of luxury vacation residence portfolio. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about this? So, you know, you mentioned that people would, you know, buy the properties and you would lease them back. Are there any requirements for those potential, you know, uh, buyers of the homes, can they still live in their home part of the year? You know, is, is there any terms, uh, you know, sure. that you can share with us? Yeah, I think it's, you know, let's just kind of talk averages. Um, these are obviously vacation homes. They're not meant to be somebody's primary residence. 
Uh, average lease is about five years. Um, families have very flexible usage options. Some don't want to use it at all. There is a thesis, Chris, that investing in vacation homes is a great investment. If you think about all of the like invited home, or if you think about um, the um, uh, single family rental platforms and REITs that have been built where um, you, know, you can buy your share of homes in a suburb of uh, uh, you know, Fort Lauderdale and you're getting rents coming back to you instead of it being an apartment building. No one's really done that for luxury vacation homes. And luxury vacation homes have incredible, um, incredible appreciation opportunities. They also have this like very, very difficult moat around them. Replacement costs are high. So we think there's people who just want to buy them for pure investment. They don't want any owner usage. Some families want to have some owner usage. But at the end of the day, if you typically are thinking of buying a vacation home, talking to a friend, they want to buy a $3 million house in Kiowa. It's very, very rare that they can cover their costs. Very rare that they'd be able to, with rental, cover all of their costs. With Inspirato, in essence, we're offering a triple net return. We're able to pay more because we're able to have higher occupants. We have more efficiency. We're a better operator. We don't have any costs either, Chris. Like we don't have, if, when you book through Expedia, they charge you a commission. When you book through Airbnb, they charge you a commission. Inspirato is the opposite. Think about it. Our subscribers pay us. The, essentially, they pay us a loyalty fee, whereas with Marriott, Marriott is paying the customer a fee in order to be in the loyalty program or you're paying Booking.com a commission. So with the average Inspirato real estate buyer, it's very flexible. They can choose what they want in terms of usage. Average is about five years. They should figure that they're going to get a return equal to being able to not only pay all the expenses in their house, but in addition, pay them a net yield. Of course, they get all of the appreciation. We don't own the house. There's no promote. We don't take uh, any kind of like promote like what you would see in a fund. Um, and it, you know, the people who have been our partners over the past 10 years who have bought these homes obviously have done really well. The market's done really well. We've paid them a return. And just by being an Inspirato home, it's more valuable. By being an Inspirato home, being able to show our lease, being able to show that Inspirato chose you, house in Kiowa versus another house in Kiowa, our thesis is there's stronger appreciation potential, and we're obviously a great partner in that in that regard. Awesome. Well, Brent, thanks so much for answering you know some of these questions I had. If you don't mind, we've got some questions here from our loyal viewers. It's one of the things we always like to do here on Spax Attack. Um, you know, has asked some questions from the viewers. So I want to bring up a couple here. Um, one of them from Born to be Free was asking about, you know, all inclusive. So there are some homes shown in that video that had some golf courses and some other amenities. Are those included, um, you know, in the price or would that be an additional fee for, for customers? Uh, there are instances, they're rare, where things like golf, uh, even like, you know, breakfast being made at the house and some of our Caribbean or Mexico destinations are included. But the simple way to think about it is um, variable expenses on your own. So any sort of incidental spa, golf, food is included. What we didn't talk about, though, Chris, is the high level of service. This is obviously meant for, you know, high net worth folks. There is a concierge at every house, a real human being, not a telephone concierge, not an internet chat bot. There's a human being, they work for us. 
about every three or four houses taking care of you. So whether, you know, whether you're in uh, the Turks and Caicos or Tuscany, there's a person who's there um, helping you and is on site and has a real vested interest in your success. That is included with all of our residential inventory. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for adding that in. That was not something uh, I had seen before. Um, we, we've got a lot of questions about, you know, the unlimited plan. Um, you know, so again, the the first offering, that's unlimited stays per month then, is that correct? Yeah, so the, the word unlimited gets a little bit tricky. So just to put it into a frame of reference, I'll give two examples. Um, one is Rent the Runway, their subscription. You can have one outfit at a time, but before they send you your next outfit, you have to mail back the outfit you have. The original Netflix model back when people had uh, CD, uh, DVDs, I guess they were called, um, right? You could watch something, you send it back, you'd get a new one. Think about passes the same way. You can, it's unlimited in the fact that you can book whatever you want, but you can't book your next one until you check out. So how many days a month you travel is completely dependent upon our algorithm of what you select. And, and this, uh, but I should mention, we have a couple of patents on this algorithm, that, that business process I just talked about, the rent the runway like business process for travel and for a live experience, we have a couple of patents on that. And that's what allows us to provide great value, still preserve a business model that economically makes sense. Um, uh, and, um, you know, also make it fun and make it different you know, you're talking about a big, big, big market, right? Travel. And there hasn't been that much innovation in the subscription world. People have like sniffed around the edges, tried to come up with a few things, but you know, we're very proud of coming up with this innovation path. And we think we're like, really, we think we're in the, you know, first inning of the first game. And we just threw the first pitch of subscription travel. 10 years from now, we think people are gonna be talking about subscription travel the same way they talk about Peloton today or the same way they talk about Netflix today. It's a massive consumer category. There's really high fixed cost, really low variable cost. It should be an industry and a market opportunity that lends itself extremely well to um, subscription, just like Netflix. Awesome, yeah, I love that background there. Um... I want to shout out, we've got uh, one of our loyal viewers, Sue, she's tuning in from uh, Portugal. So her question, you know, you mentioned the locations you have mainly, you know, US, Mexico, Canada, the Caribbean, but I also know there's some European properties. So her question, you know, is uh, how many properties in Europe and are any located in Portugal? We don't have any properties in Portugal that we take risk on that we, you know, have leases on. Um, as I had said, you know, in today's phase of the business, we're focused on where the North American traveler wants to go. So we have properties in Rome, properties in um, Tuscany, properties in Lake Como, properties in um, Spain, um, properties in Switzerland, properties in London. I'm missing a few. Um, there is an opportunity, of course, for Inspirato to expand internationally, but the more we would expand internationally, the more we would also have to expand our sales and marketing presence to be able to sell subscriptions effectively in the areas of the world where we would want to have more inventory. Any insight into, uh, we've got a question here from NCAL and part of it is, uh, you know, what are the most popular uh, destinations or locations amongst your portfolio? Can we get any insight into that from you? 
Our two largest destinations are Cabo and Vail. Those are the two. Uh, those are the two largest. Uh, well, actually, in 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 New York. Um, let me let me just give a little nuance to our business model that I think is is interesting, so people understand. Oftentimes, with a hotel, we will buy out blocks of hotel suites the same way that we do a lease for a residential property. So um, as an example, in the Dominic in Soho, we've created Inspirado Soho, and we have 26 units on the very top of that building. Those act like residences in the fact that we own them and pay for them, whether they get used or not. We, we own them 300, we own the inventory 365 days a year. That's the same with the house in Cabo, that we own the inventory 365 days a year. So New York is actually our biggest destination. We do more volume in New York than anywhere else um, uh, in terms of destinations. And then last question, just to follow up on that, Brent, is, you know, what are some of your favorite uh, destinations or locations that you enjoy going to amongst the Inspirado portfolio? Um. Well, I, I feel terrible saying I like going to Cabo and Vail. The company is headquartered in Denver. Um, so Vail is, you know, kids and growing up there and Epic Pass and all that. Um, but there is, I think I saw there is a place called Ondas in Maui, which is a beachfront property um, in Wailea, Maui. We really like that as a family. We've been to Tuscany. We really like that. We have an experiential business. It's a meaningful piece. It's a meaningful business. It's taking a breather because of uh, COVID, but uh, which we call Inspirado only. We charter entire small luxury cruise ships like a Silver Sea ship. And uh, we'll do like an eight day only subscriber custom itinerary through the med. Um, and my family and I have done several of those. We're actually doing one next year. Um, and, um, those, those have been really fun. My kids have grown up, met a lot of other kids on those trips. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I put that up there and then, oh, and then I can't, I have to, of course, mention, um, Pebble Beach. We have fixed inventory at Casa Palmero, which is the boutique luxury property inside Pebble Beach. Um, we have preferred tea times. That is it. Pebble Beach is one of my, if not my you know, favorite place in the world. So that's another one where I really like to go. Awesome. Well, you're getting me excited and wanting to travel to all these places and especially seeing those videos. Um, but I want to thank you again. So joining us on SPACs Attack today, guys, Brent Handler, the CEO of Inspirado, that company going public via SPAC merger. Uh, ticker is TVAC. New ticker will be ISPO. Brent, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. All right, guys. Well, you heard it, right? Travel recovery, Mitch. I mean, how about that, right? We talk about that all the time and we got some real numbers from him. I mean, 90% occupancy compared to 2019 when it was below that. I mean, I think it's safe to say, right, that people want to travel. I heard you say it this morning um, on a different show. I think I heard them talking about it on pre-market prep too. So I know it's a hot topic. And here you have a, a stock, you know, that could benefit from that potential play. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll just to kind of call out Brett there. I know he knows about Vail when he mentions Epic Pass. 
So I, I will give him that. If you get an epic pass, if you guys don't know what that is, that's so you can go to the different mountains up in the mountains in Colorado and you can snowboard at all of them versus just snowboard at one. So it looks like my, my man Brett knows a little bit about some snowboarding. I guess I got to shout out to him next time he's up at Vail. Uh, we'll take a look at that. I, I even saw a, a trip to Antarctica. I, I mean, Antarctica, guys? I mean, who, who's, who wants to go to Antarctica? I don't know about you guys, but I'll tell you what. Th there's been thoughts of, of going, I mean, got to go see some penguins, right? I, yeah. I, I would definitely <laughs> want to go ahead and check that out. Look, I, I even got a little video on that, so I did see that. But go ahead, Chris. What do you think? I mean, visit? watching all those videos just gets me so <laughs> excited. Mention all these different places. And I mean, I, I hope Jason was watching this, right? Because you heard him say that there's companies, right, hitting him up to lease out some of these properties. And I mean, Mitch, we just spent time together in Detroit, right, which was fun. But maybe we could spend some time together, you know, at one of these locations, you know, with some other coworkers. So uh, something to keep in mind, you know, as far as business travel goes, too. So uh, a good perk possibly, you know, for your uh, employees. So but I mean, yeah, look at this video. It, it looks so much fun. He, the penguins, they get me all the time. <laughs> I gotta say all right guys that's gonna do it for me because if not i'm gonna look at penguins all day long and and stay talk and travel uh let's take a quick look at our watch list see what we got moving out there chris did anything stand out to you today that you want to bring up before we get on out you know i know irnt is still moving higher we covered that one a little bit earlier um you know lucid up five percent on that analyst note uh, another one I would call out, we talked about before, but haven't talked about too much recently, is VWE. VWE is Vintage Wine Estates. And shares are up 3% today, over $11. This was one that got a lot of attention before the merger, but then you actually saw you know, a, a big sell-off. Shares hit $9. Um, but they held that $9 level. Um, you know, I'm sure you can tell me that on the chart, Mitch. They held that $9 level, and now they're starting to, you know, go up again. And uh, I, I definitely think, you know, this could be a sector to watch with wine, right? People are drinking wine at home, but also along with travel, right? This company owns some vineyards and some wine tasting rooms, right? And people are going to start going to those places again. So I think you've got two stories here pinky up i think this trade has <laughs> some legs that's all i can say definitely right. and then uh mitch the other one i wanted to talk about real quick is you know the sports betting stuff i hate to you know keep talking about it right because we always do but we had mentioned looking for some data from the first you know week of nfl and there's a company called geo comply which is it tracks people's locations, right? So Mitch, you've right. bet on a sports betting app before. You have to verify, right, that you're really in that state. Yep. Well, the company that does that, GeoComply, released some figures, and they said that they saw a record 58.2 million transactions from Thursday to Saturday. That was up 126% from week one of last year. They also said that Arizona, which just legalized sports betting, was the fourth most popular state for bets over that time period. So I definitely think, you know, some of these companies that have Arizona ties, right? The other one I want to call out, Mitch, right, is AUS. 
So the big story now is win, right? W-Y-N-N. I mean, it's getting hammered. I I heard it on pre-market prep, right? Because win is tied to the Chinese market, right? In Macau. Well, win is spinning off their interactive online sports betting company, right? So it's going to be now traded as win bet via a SPAC deal with AUS. So win is going to own 58% of the new online sports betting company, but it'll be a publicly traded peer play. Now, when you look for publicly traded peer plays, there aren't a ton of them out there, right? You have DraftKings, you have Rush Street, you have Golden Nuggets getting bought out, but then you've got others, right? MGM, MGM's physical and online. Penn National, Penn National is physical and online. And here with WinBet, you're gonna have a peer play online and I also think it could be good for win shares, right? Because maybe the valuation of their online business is getting lost in this washout, right, from the Chinese news. Well, what do you think, Mitch? You know, I know we talk about MGM, how they should spin off BetMGM to capture that growth. Win Resorts is actually doing that move, right? They're spinning off their online sports betting. I like this play here. Um, I haven't used the Win platform yet, but I definitely want to kind of check it out and test the waters. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we've been looking for is what's next, right? Because there's going to be some new players stepping in, AUS, SEAH. And one of the things I think that needs to happen, first of all, is the changeover of the tickers so that people can actually know what AUS is. <laughs> Definitely. Versus, is this an Australian company? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's that's what I would think if I just saw AUS and didn't know anything about the company. Uh, but the same thing goes for, let's say, SEAH, right? The only reason I think that one hasn't taken off is because there's, there's nothing to really tie. I mean, SEAH, at least in the name, sports entertainment, that can give you a little bit of a, a clue. But in the ticker itself, SEAH, C or I don't know what what are we trying to do here? So I think that's what first needs to happen. Then look for the catalyst to start coming. Of course, new license in different states are going to help this. So if the timing goes correct, that's the, the those are the kind of catalysts that I would be looking for. Either like Chris mentioned, data that comes out from state by state, giving you a little bit more market share in where you already have access or new access to different state revenue. Definitely. I mean, those are the two I'd call out, AUS and SEAH. I mean, we've seen DraftKings run this year a little bit. Um, It's back over $60. And again, I kind of like the pure play online sports betting companies here because I think the ones with the physical casinos, you're still going to see, you know, questions on if everyone is going to return you know, to the casinos. So like a Penn National and MGM, whereas we know, Mitch, right, that people are going to bet online. We know that. We've seen it. We've done it. And and the state-by-state growth is there. So that's what I'm watching. And and again, I would love to see MGM spin off BetMGM. I've used their platform. They're number three in Michigan. They have good market share in many of the states they're in. They're also number one in iGaming in a lot of the states they operate in. Um, so definitely something, you know, to keep in mind there. Mitch, I'm well, wondering if... Uh, I mean, talking MGM bets, I mean, you you saw my post that I sent you this morning. You <laughs> I saw did. me using I, MGM I bets. know you use MGM. I, I use it too, and I love that platform. So, uh, Mitch, can you pull up the chart for TMC real quick? So 
Uh, again, guys, we've talked about the DSPAC trade a lot, right? So IRNT is running today. I want to share this one, right? So TMC was formerly SOAC. This is the metals company. They're going to try to mine metals off the seafloor. So what you saw was this company, you know, had a pretty high redemption rate, right? And mm-hmm. shares ran from, you know, the nine the 990 level or whatever it was. And then they went up, right? Got a huge bump up. Then they came down a little bit. But then we saw a second leg kind of come in, right? Whereas before the trend was go straight up on the D-SPAC and then come straight down. This one had a couple legs. But now look at what is happening today. We have shares back down under $10. And again, this is a company that's many years away from revenue. So, Mitch, I I just want to remind people out there that if you get into these DSPAC names, know your out plan, right? And I know that's something you talk about all the time, but this is why I'm so cautious on, you know, getting into some of these just for the the trade, right? If you believe in the long-term story, you know, you're okay. But if you're just trying to get in and out, you got to know your out plan here. It looks like uh, Arizona looks like a place to live, says Jay. I didn't I, I didn't even know that one, so I might have to we, check out Arizona. We should have gone to Arizona. Time. We should have gone there to test out all these sports betting apps. I mean, they're going to have like 14 Oof. of them, I think. So we, we could have made some promo money. Hey, you don't want to see me start testing platforms from state to state. I uh, do want to see it. That's the thing. I want to <laughs> see this. I want to do it. So whatever the, ne- whatever the next state is to legalize, Mitch, we, we got to figure out a, a plan. You, you know, I like to take advantage of my promos, Chris. Just like kind of mentioning, I mean, I haven't spent a single dollar since the NFL started. And I'm already up $100. I'll take it. I'll take it. Free money, baby. Free money. And, and what is that going to get me? I'm going to slide the money over to Caesars and get a free jersey out of it. Free exactly. Jerseys? That's what I like to do. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't do sports betting to kind of, let's say, make income. I do it mainly for entertainment. And I think that's really why it got to where it is now and legal, right? I mean, because at the end of the day, I think that uh, I think most consumers are going to be looking at sports betting as let's say it means to make income but more along it means to have some entertainment in sports and this is why you also see so many sports teams relaying themselves directly with the sports books which i mean if you go back and anybody that knows sports i mean look back 20 years you would have told me that some sports books were teaming up with some teams we all probably would have laughed in your face and said oh well i, I don't see the leagues letting that happen but now we see where we're at now. And I think that the, the signs are showing that we're just going to continue moving on up. I think in, let's say, five years, I wouldn't be surprised if sports betting is legal in every state. And I'm going to go ahead and say that. So with that being said, you know how I've been looking at it state by state. It shows up. on the Mitch, record. I mean, look at these comments. We, we got Ruel inviting us down. We got some beer that's brewed in Arizona by one of our viewers here. I smell we, it already. I mean, we got a call out for a Benzinga meetup in Arizona. So, I mean, it, it looks like maybe we got to make some plans to get to Arizona. But, Mitch, it's 12.01. I know we got to get on out of here. So, as always, guys, uh, you know, stay tuned. We got Power Hour coming up, Mitch. Uh, you know, so I know everyone wants to stick around for that. And then we'll be back tomorrow with Spax Tech at 11 a.m. Eastern time. 